The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. It's up to you, New York, New York, New York. Yeah. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Narrow, but I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra, and since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You can accept it or be stupid and be a skeptic. Unconceivable, unbelievable. Unidentified flying objects. I want to Welcome to the I Want to Believe podcast. I'm Nomar Slevic. Something strange happened in Cherry Creek, New York in 1965. I'll tell you about it in a sec. But first, a quick reminder that all of our I Want to Believe social media and email are in the show notes. You can watch my documentary, Otherworldly Amore, on Amazon Prime right now. DVDs are available. Also, I have a new book that we are trying to get funded for self-publishing. It's called Granite Skies, A Disconcerted journey through the unknown. A GoFundMe link for that book and everything else is in the show notes. All right, let's talk about the UFO that landed in Cherry Creek. What really happened in Chautauqua County 50 years ago on this night? Did several teenagers really see a UFO or did their imaginations run wild? This is a case that caught the attention of the U.S. Air Force and New York State Police. The location is a rural farm near Cherry Creek, about an hour drive south of Buffalo. That's where we find News 4's Luke Moretti taking a fresh look at one of the few UFO cases the government could not explain. August 19, 1965, near Cherry Creek, Chautauqua County. I think something unusual really did happen. It's 8.20 in the evening. 16-year-old Harold Butcher is milking cows in the barn on Aldrich Hill Road. I know he saw something. I know I saw something. He was in the barn utilizing the milking machine on the 17 cows which resided there. As he worked, a portable radio broadcast the news. Suddenly, the radio was overcome by a prolonged burst of static interference. Seconds later, the milking machine shut down, as if it had suddenly lost all of its power. When it did, Harold could hear one of the bulls outside bellowing and banging against its enclosure, as if severe anxiety about something had set in. 
Harold ran to the window of the barn to see why the bull was agitated. When he looked, he saw, quote, a large elliptical object slightly above the ground, approximately a quarter of a mile away. Underneath the bizarre object was a reddish vapor and a strange beeping sound was audible. He watched the oddity in fascination when it suddenly shot straight up and out of sight. After this, he called his family and told them what he saw. They all came running down and as Harold pointed up to indicate where the object shot to, the family reported seeing, quote, a greenish glow in the clouds and a strange odor remained in the air around the farm. Even more bizarre and unnerving, a steel bar on the bull's exposure was severely bent. But a short time later, the object reappears around the farm. And this time, Robert says he catches a glimpse of something strange. Upon the object's reappearance, Harold's mother immediately telephoned the state police. It was circling in the skies above the dairy farm. Two state police officers would investigate the property and log the report. They would also inform the Air Force, who would arrive at the dairy farm the following day. Captain James Dorsey would represent the United States Air Force with regard to the sightings by the Butcher family. An Air Force team from Western New York was dispatched the next day to investigate. In those days, the Air Force investigated UFO sightings under the Project Blue Book program. With him were four technicians who would conduct an extensive search of the ground, specifically the landing site. The investigators did find some evidence. UFO Insight continued by writing, they would indeed make some intriguing discoveries, such as unexplained markings on the ground and a purplish liquid substance. Parts of the grass and other vegetation were also slightly singed. The Air Force ultimately ended their investigation with the sighting by saying it was unexplained. Since there is no definite concrete explanation. It means that they cannot explain it as any conventional man-made object, any normal phenomenon, atmospheric or, or uh, stellar, or it wasn't, wasn't a hoax. Nightcap would later manage to obtain samples of the strange purple substance and have it tested at the Kowecki Chemical Company. The National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, known as NICAP. Gao not only interviewed the witnesses, but also talked to the troopers who responded that night. The sense I got from the troopers yeah. was that they were uh, supporting that something had happened. Their analysis would find traces of aluminum, iron, and silicon. The following evening, Richard Ward, a state trooper on patrol, would witness a very similar object in the skies overhead. He would report that it had, quote, eight circular lights on what he presumed to be the underside. Furthermore, it moved, quote, twice as fast as a jet. He also noticed a strange, faint sound unlike anything he had heard before and believed it was associated with the craft. It was also reported that, quote, other sightings in the relatively same region would also come to light. For example, at just before 5.30 p.m. in the evening of August 20 in the Plattsburgh area of New York, a round, flat, disc-shaped object was witnessed circling back and forth in the skies overhead. The witness would estimate the object to be around 15 to 20 feet across and around 2 or 3 miles away from their location. After several minutes, the disc-shaped craft accelerated off and vanished into the night sky. Radar at Plattsburgh Air Force Base would pick up an aerial anomaly at the same time as the sighting. 
Later that evening at around 11.30 p.m. at Pease Air Force Base in nearby New Hampshire, the watch supervisor would track an anomalous object for several miles as it made its way to the northwest of Pease. It remained visible on the radar screens for close to half an hour. However, a sighting that occurred in Brooklyn might be of particular interest with regard to the Cherry Creek landing case. An object was seen over the Brooklyn Bridge in August 1965, although the exact date is uncertain. On this particular evening at around 8.20 p.m., a 10-year-old anonymous witness was walking their family dog with his mother. They would go to a park of baseball and football fields known as the Parade Ground near Prospect Park in Brooklyn. The area was undergoing renovation which allowed them to let their dog run free without running into the gangs of children playing sports nearby. This is within the same time frame as the Cherry Creek case. UFO Insight website continued, As they stopped and allowed their canine friend to investigate for a while, they turned their attention towards the sky, eager to pick out the constellations in the darkening late evening sky. It was then the young boy noticed what he would recall looking as a, quote, submarine floating around the height of a several-story tall building. He would suddenly blurt out to his mother to see if she could see the bizarre craft as well. His mother turned her attention to where he was now focused. The craft was moving slowly and without making sound. Its exterior was of a material that was very dark and gray. Furthermore, the witness said that the front of the craft was rounded as well as the tail. In fact, they would recall this apparent otherworldly craft was, quote, shaped more like a very long medicine capsule. The parent and child would watch this craft as it floated calmly past their location. The closer it came, the more certain they both were of the solid nature of the craft's exterior, as well as its perfect shape. Perhaps one of the strangest descriptions is best left in the original words of the witness. He would state, quote, even though the object is almost black, we sense a light behind the darkness. This does not make sense as my mother and I later reckoned. The best I can come up with is that my eyes saw dark gray, but my mind knew the cylinder was emitting light, dark light. Also, the witness would estimate the object was around 200 feet above them, so close that they could see even the slightest imperfection. They were certainly close enough to dismiss the notion that the object was a blimp or an airship. There were no lights, no sounds, no gondola beneath, and no visible markings. One thing that did mystify the witnesses, both then and now, was how calm each of them were. They were, as the witness recalls, unusually serene. So it begs the question, did this object know it was being observed? And if so, did it somehow calm its observers? Interesting to think about. UFO Insight continues, As the huge cigar-shaped craft passed the pair, they were able to see the back of the object. It appeared very much to the witness as though there was an opening there so big that, quote, at least three buses could have driven inside at the same time. The witness would further estimate that the object was likely three times as large as a commercial jet airliner. 
As this was happening, the witness ran to another nearby field to view the object from another perspective. Whether because he had separated himself from his mother or whether another telepathic and subconscious manipulation of his emotions was happening, he suddenly felt unsettled for the first time, worrying that he might be seen by the occupants of the craft. He turned back and ran to where his mother had remained standing. They both stood watching the craft as it passed over the Prospect Park police station. It then disappeared out of sight into the distance. Although they themselves would not tell anyone of the incident at the time, the witness would notice that not a single report appeared in the newspapers, local radio, or television. It would appear that they were the only two people to have witnessed this cosmic vehicle as it made its way over the skies of Brooklyn. As an adult and with the advent of the internet, the witness would re research cylinder-shaped UFOs out of interest. Another question is, could this have been the same craft that the Butcher family saw in Cherry Creek? We have a similar time frame and date, and down to the minute. I know the date is general, but same month and year. However, Cherry Creek is over six hours away from Brooklyn. We're looking at about 400 miles. That is a large distance, but with how fast these objects have been reported to travel, Perhaps it is in the realm of possibility, but again, I guess that's only if you believe in UFOs and that they have the capacity to travel at speeds unknown to us. In any regard, that brings us to the end of the Cherry Creek Landing story. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Nomar Slavik. Classical WETA 90.9 FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. I think what flavor of these new Dunkin' Coconut Refreshers you get says a lot about you. Really? What's it say about me? Well, you got the refreshing golden peach because you're vibrant, fun, and positive. Oh, what about me? The bold purple pomegranate means you're vibrant, fun, and positive. I take it I got this delicious pink strawberry because I'm vibrant, fun, and positive. Yeah, it's a simple system, really. Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer excludes classic Dunkin' Refreshers.